We will go ahead and get started with today's Verizon IndyCar Series post-practice press conference. Joined now by Danica Patrick, driver of the number 13 GoDaddy Chevrolet for Ed Carpenter Racing. Danica, you just completed your first official day of practice back here at Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Got a taste of testing last week or the week before that. Yeah, I know. I get confused myself. I, Two I, weeks I, ago. I, all the days blend together. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> what is the difference between a day like that and getting back to your first official practice here at the Speedway? Well... I mean, first off, I'm, I am glad that the test ended up getting moved to two weeks ago instead of six weeks ago, um, just to be a little bit more fresh um, from that. Um, but it was good to have all that time by myself for the most part. I mean, I think I drove behind Ed for a few laps at the end of the day on uh, when we were here two weeks ago. Um, so, you know, today, I mean, it's everybody. So especially at the end of the day, it's it's happy hour or it could be unhappy hour if your car's not very comfortable because there's a lot of a lot of cars out on track but you know I sort of jumped into into the back of a group um, and then uh, got into kind of the middle of a group and was able to pull away from the car behind and kind of close up a little bit on the car ahead and uh, but I felt I felt pretty good um, I'm still not um, completely confident in traffic and you know they're trying to encourage me to use my tools and the bars and the you know and the uh, weight jacker and things, but I'm like, I need to feel the traffic first. <laughs> like, before we create another variable as to what's going on, I need to familiarize myself and get sharp again with, you know, the traffic and just the tendencies of the car. Um, so, so yeah, it was a, it was a really, I mean, I felt like it was a really solid day. We got, I feel like the car has a lot of good natural speed in it, and um, it was a very smooth day. We tried a handful of things and found some some stuff that worked and um, so but I think that you know probably anyone that comes in here is probably and I mean I'm just fresh back so I'm sure somebody else have better info than me but it definitely seems like you know understeering traffic is going to be the determining factor of where you go uh, you know you can get a decent lap but you know once you get closed up on the car in front you're going to deal with uh, the front getting really light on you so yeah, that's the job at hand. Is how do you how do you how do you fix that and make yourself still comfortable alone? Um, find that balance. So that's what we're trying to do. And uh, yeah, it was a good thing it didn't rain. You said that you feel like the car has good speed, and that as you're working through this, you're trying to feel out different things of the car. <laughs> how quickly does that come back? Because that's something you certainly mm -hmm. have to acclimate mm -hmm. to is is relearning the feel mm -hmm. of the car. Yeah, uh, definitely relearning the feel and remembering kind of the. Um, uh, pattern of lifting and sort of the timing of it and you know where you do it in the corner and um, where you downshift and when you upshift and when you leave it and just little things like that. Um, I would say that just driving the car and being distracted with other things like adjustments and traffic and looking in my mirrors and things like that is getting, um, I'm getting a little bit more comfortable and almost reminding myself like oh, hey, you're not thinking hard enough about that corner there, and you're doing 230. So, um, but, you know, there's, that's what you need to get to. You need to get to the point where driving the car is very natural and instinctive on what's happening, and then, you know, be able to digest the other scenarios, the cars around you, the adjustments you're making, um, thinking ahead on the adjustments. So timing passes, you know, there's a lot of, there's, you need to create a lot of room for that kind of stuff out there as opposed to just driving the car. Um, the race is very little of just driving the car and a lot of the other stuff. Absolutely. We will go ahead and open up for questions starting with Chris in the front. 
Uh, so it sounds like you have, you're trying to battle, you want to feel comfortable but not feel too comfortable and kind of get in that. Is, is the, the, pack, the, the pace of what you thought it would be, are you on track as far as transitioning back and trying to, like riding a bike again, I guess the old cliche? Um, like, I, like I was joking about riding a bike, a 230 mile an hour bike, that's a different story. Um, yeah, I, I mean at this point in time, like I said, the very first day I was in the car, it felt way worse than what I thought it was going to feel. Day two was much better than what I thought it was going to feel. And I would say for day one of Indy 500 week, weeks, I call it a fortnight, right? Um, it's not a month anymore, unfortunately. Um, but I would say that today went really well. Um, we accomplished what we wanted to. Um, we ran alone, we tried things, and we got the car to turn a little bit better, and we got in traffic so um, for a good few laps, so quite a few. So I'd say today was a, was a really good day, really solid day. I get, kind of, I've kind of kept the mantra in mind of like I had when I came for the test, and that's that it's about building confidence, not breaking it. So, you know, I think that the team is very solid, and they have great cars, and um, it's a great organization. I don't need to, we don't need to, be silly and we can rely on teammates and you know pace ourselves a little bit here and there like Fortnite. Fortnite. Fortnite that's a British term right so there's a lot of British people in IndyCar so hey Danica thanks for taking my question compared to what it was when you was a rookie here back in 2005 what is the difference even though it's two different sets of cars you gotta be able to remember from now because you can use with the cars now the feel or like just give me some synopsis of what's different now than then. The difference now the cars, what they make now compared to the chassis back then and stuff like that. What, I know it's totally different, but how is it you going to be able to use what you had back then to now? Do you remember what was going on 13 years ago? Something, yes, something, no. It's pretty tough to remember exactly, um, you know, the, the way that the car felt compared to now. We're talking about 13 years and a heck of a lot of um, laps in different cars and situations. But, um, you know, I think the oversweeping feeling every time I come to this track is that I, you have to be humble and respectful of it and that you're going very fast. Things happen very fast. Um, you can go out from one run to the next and not change anything and the car can be different and you just need to keep your wits about you. So, um, you know, it's, uh, I mean, for the very beginning of the month of May compared to my very first month of May, um, you know, in general, I'd say I'm humbled by the fact that the car has a lot of good natural speed and it's really just a matter of making a good race car then. But of course, back in those days, at this point in time, we weren't running in a pack at all. We were only working on speed. The whole first week was really about just getting ready for qualifying. So um, we just don't really, yeah, we don't, we're not in that scenario now. First time you came here in a few years, the business side of being a driver is just strictly business side of being a driver. Did you ever imagine that you would be involved in as many business ventures as you are now and uh, how the Danica brand came about? Definitely not all at once. I mean, I am interested in many things, but you know, for a book, a clothing line, and a wine to all launch at the same time was, uh, or within 12 months, it was, um, you know, it all was happening. So, um, uh, but hey, you know, I've, I've 
Bobby Rahal gave me great advice before I was an IndyCar driver while I was just signed on to do Formula Atlantic for him. And that was that you need to save your money, don't spend it all, and you know, think about when you're done racing, the fact that for him, he wanted to be able to live the same lifestyle after racing as he did during, even though, of course, your, your salary goes away. So what else can you do to provide that? And what can you do to build him, build a uh, financial structure to do that um, and to live the same lifestyle? So that always stuck with me from a very long time ago. Um, so that was probably, what, 2002 or three that he told me that. So um, I've always kept that in the back of my mind, and I think that's some, to some degree, some of the, some, some of what has motivated me to remember that there is going to be a lot of time after racing. And here I am, a little younger than probably what I thought I'd be when I retired. But at the same point, what year did I start? I was 20, 2005, so I was, you know, 23. I mean, I remember thinking to myself, I don't know, maybe I'll do it for 10 years, you know, and it's not that far off. <laughs> so. Um, anyway, I guess I wasn't so far off um, with two with two different two different series. So, um, yeah, I've been very fortunate in my career, and um, I'm excited about the next phase. Um, and very, I know that racing has given me everything I have. It's given me every opportunity I have, and it really all started here. Danica, earlier today, you went and shared some of your racing experience with a group of local high school girls. On a day that is so hectic for you, you have so many things going on, why was that something that was important for you to take time to do? <laughs> I mean, ideally, it would be nice if it wasn't on the very first day on track when I had to do, you know, a you know, lengthy interview and I had to do, I mean, they let us go out at a 10 or 11 and, you know, do a leak check and that wasn't in the plan and um, I know they had to wait around for my original time, but... Um, those are just good things to do. I mean, it was quick, it wasn't very long, but it's still, you know, your presence and, you know, I'm not shy about my message. Um, so uh, that to me is uh, the next phase of moving into, you know, at life after racing is I want to, you know, spread that message of empowerment and dreaming and um, setting big goals for yourself. So, and finding what it is that you love to do so that you have the motivation to do it past when it's uh, challenging. And we'll take our last question Hi. from George. Danica, Danica, over here. I can't hear you all up in the air. Over here. Um, obviously your goal is to win this race and you came close early on when you started here. If you would win this race on Memorial Day, would you think about coming back and doing it again? No, absolutely not. That would be the perfect way to never come back. Don't you think? Don't you think? I think get out of there and drop the mic. That's right. Just mic drop that thing. <laughs> I think that would be the perfect way to go out. But I have to say, I never thought, I mean, if you talk to anybody in the last five years that about am I going to do indie, like personal, like family and people, I said I'd never do it again. Like I'm, no way. Like I don't, I don't, I'm not going to. I'm just not gonna not gonna do it. It's been too long since I've been in the car, but the way that it all went down with being able to have time to prepare and be really focused, like I watched Kurt do the double, and I really tried to do the double the second year I was gone, um, but I watched him do it, and how much back and forth you have to do. I mean, look, you can do it, but that to me. 
based on the fact that I had done so well here so many times and have such a fond history here in my own memory, like I didn't want to come back just to just to do the double. Like I didn't want to. I felt like I could within the first two years I was gone and still do a really good job. But you know, after being gone for three, four, five, six, seven years, I was like I didn't think I'd ever do it again. So. I have to say that only just because you never know. But look, if I win, <sighs> I really don't think I would come back. <laughs> It'd be perfect. It'd be D perfect just like that. Danica, thank you very much. We appreciate your time. All right, time. thanks. We'll go ahead and welcome in Simon Pagino, driver of the number 22 Menards Team Penske Chevrolet for Team Penske. Fastest of the day in today's overall combined sessions uh, here on day one of practice for the Indianapolis 500. Simon, firstly, how did the car feel today? You obviously got some great speed out of it. Yeah, the 22 Minards car is, uh, is looking looking really fast. Uh, it was a really product for, uh, productive day, sorry. Um, so yeah, I felt pretty happy. Um, we obviously still learning a lot about the aerodynamics of the car. It's, uh, it's quite different to what, uh, what we had the past few years. So, um, so there's still a lot to learn uh, for everybody, I believe, but, um, but we're on the right track, and uh, I tell you what, I feel pretty confident already, uh, which, is, uh, which is a big step forward. Um, it's definitely important to be already ahead of the game if we have some weather this week. Um, I think that could be, uh, that could be uh, very important. Drivers talk a lot during test sessions about how they have a checklist of things to run through, and even though this is official practice, you do have several days of it to, to get an opportunity to get the car ready for qualifying and, and ultimately the race. What's a first day checklist look like? Without giving too much information away, how does it differ from things that you'll do later on in the week? Well, it's exciting. You know, it's the first day, first day of the month. Um, and usually in the past, you know, especially when you're a driver that doesn't have much experience on oval, you take your time. And throughout the years, I learned that you're not, you shouldn't take your time. <laughs> you should get going pretty quick, learn. Um, because you never know, tomorrow could be raining. Uh, the day after that, you may have a mechanical issue. Who knows? So uh, take your chance while you can. Uh, so what we... You know, we worked on understanding how the aerodynamics work on the car today. That was our main goal. Uh, try to take things to extremes and see the limits. Um, we have, we think we have a good mechanical package to start on the car. So, so then we could work on the, on, on the, on the aero. But um, that's what's interesting. There's obviously a lot less options than what we had in the past. You know, with all the winglets we have, we had. It was uh, very complicated. Now it's more simple, but it's, uh, it's a different way to make the car work. So uh, you got to keep an open mind, that's for sure. But um, tomorrow is going to be a different checklist, different items that we're going to try, probably more mechanical. Uh, today was more an aerodynamic day. So you're a, a former series, or you're not even a former series champion. You're always going to be a series <laughs> champion. But, but not an Indy 500 champion yet, but you are driving for Team Penske, which has 16 more than any other team here in IndyCar history. What does it feel like to drive for a team like that, knowing that you have a pretty good shot driving for Penske? Yeah, I think this year we have a really strong opportunity. Um, Chevy's done a tremendous job on their engine as well, so we have a, we feel like we have a lot of power, um, which is tremendous here. You know, when you come and you feel you have a chance, it's, um, wow, it's a Christmas, early Christmas, I tell you. Uh, so, 
We'll see. I, I really feel like this year could be a really good one. Uh, we've had some good ones before here, so um, let's make it happen. But, um, uh, you know, when you drive for Roger, uh, that's definitely number one goal. And for us this year, it was clear from the beginning of the year, that's uh, number one goal is to win Indy. And then uh, the rest will come next. Um, so we put all the effort we can in it. Uh, the team's done a lot of work on understanding the car and, and try to extract the best out of every little components on it. Uh, and so far it's working. Elio was fast, Will was fast, um, Joseph as well. So I think, uh, and all four together worked really well today. Uh, we got so much information tonight to share that um, that makes for a dream team. Any questions for Simon? Jim. I just wanted to ask you, just what you said was that you're feeling really confident today. Did day one feel like this last year or did you feel like, oh man, we got some, we got some work to do? No, I, I haven't felt like this um, yet, I would say. So um, that's a big leap forward. Um, 2015 was definitely a great year for us with a, a really good race car, but it took us time to get there. Uh, now, you know, on over, I know what I need uh, better, more. Um, and I have to say, today I felt like we're pretty close to where I want to be. It's not there yet, but at least we have uh, a really good baseline that I know will be enough to be uh, in a good position anyways. So we can now, you know, take some chances on on setups, try things and, and try to just fine tune it. It's it's quite it, it's quite fun actually when you get to that point because it's the last little details but um but we still have still have quite a bit of work to do. It seems complicated to get the right balance on the car. Matt Two questions on the schedule. Uh, one, you talked about having a daily checklist. So when you guys look at the forecast this week, and it could always change, but when you look at the forecast, is there some consideration that you're going to have to start accelerating the schedule to get more things in if there's not enough time? And kind of on the same note, there are some people who are not familiar with the tradition and history of running an entire week. Is it important that you have an entire week to, to go through all of those different checklists? I think, you know, like in Pocono, for example, we race a 500 mile and, and we show up on Friday and we still race. I think, you know, it would be possible to just show up two days before the race and race. Uh, but, you know, if you want to get your car perfect, this kind of uh, testing days allow you to get it closer or more perfect. Um, it's, um, yeah, it's just a different mindset to any other races we go to. Um, I um, I like it, but you could get lost by thinking too much, think overthinking it. Um, so it's a, it's, it's very you really have to be disciplined about what you do and your priorities. Like you said, you look at the weather ahead. You also talk to your teammates, and we try to share the workload. Um, you know, like for example, Will was on a different schedule today than I was, and we're going to share that tonight and try to create the best package we can so um, all four of us together obviously can do that and that's that's a big uh, that's a big help hey Simon Jennifer AP I know that uh, Elio is pretty good here but what what do you make of him being so quick in his first time out here today well it's uh, it's Elio uh, we call him the speed king so uh, that's his nickname on the, in the team so uh, Elio, you know, he's, um, he lives for this, you know, that's that's what he lives for, it's his passion, he loves Indy, and uh, he's been very, very focused on trying to get in, get his fourth win, um, so he's back here, he's been uh, working on the simulator, he's been uh, studying everything, listening to what we had to say about the car, and he's fully ready, uh, 
he's very aggressive already. Um, I think he's just like a fish in the water. So, uh, you know, I wish him good luck. I just hope he's going to be just behind me. But uh, <laughs> uh, if I don't win, I want him to win his fourth. You wish him luck, but not too much luck. Yeah, exactly, you know. <laughs> Simon, thank you very much. Thank you. We appreciate your time.